Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings, and we are in the final episode of our Singleness three-part series. So I hope that you have benefited from the first two episodes. I hope it gave some meaning to your season of singleness. Uh, I hope it, um, I hope that it spoke to you. I hope it reached you where you're at. And in this last part, we're going to answer this question. Should you even be in a relationship? Should you even get married? What does the Bible have to say? What does God want for your life? Well, let's take a look. Sorry if I'm out of breath. I've, uh, whenever I'm home now, I'm trying to do pull-ups every 20 minutes um, when I can. And I've upped my sets to 15 from 10. And so it's much harder. But you know what? No matter how old you get, or even if you're not on a team or competing in something, you got to try to better yourself all the time. I remember a couple of months ago, I could only do like seven pull-ups in a row, and now I can do over 20. Um, and that's not bragging. I'm just saying, hey, if you put the work in for months, you will see results. So let this little encouragement, which has nothing to do with the episode, encourage you to get out there and to start pushing yourself. Um, your future children or your current children deserve you to be in the best health if you're even going to have children because we don't know. Let's see what this episode has to say. Quick announcements, guys. We still have slots for the Overcomer School. We just got another one, another application submitted. Only takes five minutes to apply. It's our one-week discipleship school. It's going to be online over Zoom this summer. Check it out at shanewinnings.com. My wife made us a new website, and all the info is on there. So you can check out the info about the school and drop an application. It only takes five minutes. And then finally, we are still looking for partners. Um, we have a monthly Zoom uh, tomorrow night, our donor Zoom. It, I say monthly. We missed it for a couple months. We were crazy busy. We've got a really cool announcement that I can't wait to share with you guys, which might explain why I've been a little bit absent with uh, the donor Zoom and stuff like that. But the emails were sent out this morning. If you want to be a monthly donor and you want to be on the Zoom, and you sign up today, send me a DM on Instagram so that I can get you the Zoom info. Uh, but otherwise, it's already been sent out. If you want to partner with us, we are still looking for just under 70 people to give $1 a day. So if our ministry speaks to you, please consider uh, going to shanewinnings.com, sign up to give $30 a month uh, or $1 a day. And that would greatly help us out. We have so much coming up, especially this month. So we really need your help. Okay. Singleness part three. Here's some things we covered in the first two episodes. Remember, God's word doesn't promise you a marriage. I think this is important because as Christians, sometimes we can feel entitled. Um, we think that God has to bless us with certain things. And a lot of times relationships can fall into that. There's people who are very upset because they're still single and they're wondering, well, why hasn't God done this and that? The Bible doesn't say that God 
is guaranteeing you a spouse or a wonderful relationship. It, it doesn't say that. It's not owed to us. It's not part of the deal. Um, so we have to get rid of that expectation. Again, dreams and heart longings should endure because love hopes all things. But expectation, this idea that God has to do it or, you know, again, it's not biblical. Um, that expectation needs to die. So you can have a dream, you can have a heart longing, you can have a desire to be with someone and raise a godly family and all these great things, but you can't expect God to do it for you um, if it's not explicitly in his word. So your hope is in God to fulfill his great purpose for your life. Your hope shouldn't be in specific things that aren't necessarily biblical, like, you know, God has to provide you with a spouse. Because there's plenty of people that live their whole life single, and God uses them mightily. But what if they thought that God should have had them get married? I think that God knows best for our lives, and our goal is just to trust Him. Amen? Finally, you don't need a human to complete you. You should be complete in Christ. And I want to start out with a testimony. Um, This is a really powerful testimony, and I hope that it encourages someone. So I had a friend, um, well, we spent two weeks together on a mission trip, so you become friends. We really didn't stay in too much of touch after that. His name was Ricky Tejada. Uh, He was a wonderful man, a pastor, husband, father. He ended up pastoring um, Covenant Church down here in Texas until he recently uh, passed away from a horrible sickness. But when we were in Asia together, we were in Cambodia and Thailand, and actually one of our uh, missionaries died suddenly. It was was before all this died suddenly stuff started happening. Um, We're not even sure what happened, but his name was Phil. He was actually there with his wife, and they had a couple of girls uh, who were back in the States. They They were just such amazing people. And uh, Phil was just such a servant. I mean, just a loving dude. And he died during our mission trip. He went out for a walk and he just dropped dead. And it was horrible. And so we were all torn up about it. Obviously, his wife was there and just, I mean, it was such a tragedy. And Ricky begins to share this testimony. And uh, he tells us how one night, and I, you know, this was seven years ago, so I hope I remember the details but I, the heart of it, I believe, I, will, I still remember. He said that he was previously married, and him and his wife had all of these dreams, all of these things, and one night they were finally ordained. They were ordained together, and they were really formally starting their ministry together as a married couple, and they were young, and on the way home they got in a horrible car accident, and his wife died just absolutely tragic. And he began to share how in the midst of this grieving, there would be, you know, he said as as the weeks and months went by, he had a desire to sit and talk with a woman. And he said it wasn't anything, you know, perverse or anything like that. I just, you know, I I missed that. It was it's different. Uh, It's different, you know, talking to one of your guy friends versus talking to a woman. Um, Men and women are different. We know this. They're wired differently. And so he said, man, I I really, uh, 
I missed talking with a woman and I didn't want anything from her. I just, you know, I, I missed my wife so much and I thought, you know, if I could just sit across the table from one of my wife's friends or one of my old, you know, our, our family friends who was a female, that that could really help me um, just in this grieving and healing time. And he said, I went to pick up the phone to call this uh, one of our old friends. And God said, don't call her. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm a pure man of integrity. I don't want anything. I just want to talk. And God's, and this is what's amazing about God, guys. He's, he is such a good father because how many of you know the bar for the Lord is not just set at, you know, sex or something like that. I mean, that would be obvious, right? Like if he said, oh, I just missed a woman's touch and, you know, he was in a moment of weakness or something, that would be obviously a sin, right? And God would rebuke and correct you on that. But that is not just the standard for God is like blatant, obvious things. God sees so much deeper. And, and Ricky himself said, I, did, I wasn't even thinking that way. I literally just wanted to have a meal or have coffee with a woman and just talk to her and have her talk to me. And God said, don't call her. If you call this woman, you are using her. And Ricky said it was like a shot through his heart and his eyes were open, and he saw truly that he would be, in fact, using this woman. It wasn't about anything except, you know, trying to uh, have this woman fill a place that she wasn't meant to fill. He was using her, and it wasn't a malicious thing, of course, but the Lord is so sweet, and here's what the Lord followed up with. He says, I want you to make an exchange with me. Now, let me tell you something. This teaching that I'm about to give to you has shaped my life. I learned this um, when I was about 10 months born again, and I have used it as I've walked through grief and, and hardships, and I used it to overcome PTSD. It is powerful. It is absolutely from the Lord. It's godly. It's biblical. So the Lord says to Ricky, I want you to make an exchange. And Ricky says, okay, how do I do that? And the Lord said, your heart is broken, and so every time you're tempted to go to the world or to people to heal, I want you to come to me. And when you come to me and you meet with me by faith, you're going to give me a piece of your broken heart, and I'm going to give you a piece of mine. We're going to make an exchange. And over time, you're going to be healed. And Ricky was like, okay. And he said it was absolutely not easy, and I can testify to that. Just because it's biblical, it's heavenly wisdom, it's godly advice, it doesn't mean it's going to be simple. Uh, in fact, usually it's very hard to walk it out because it's the opposite of what your flesh would want to do. It would have been much easier for Ricky to just go and sit down and have a meal with a woman, and you know he might feel better for a time, but God sees everything. He sees down the road. He sees what will truly bring healing to the heart, and not just numb or... Uh, cause the pain to be subsided, but God actually is in the healing business. So Ricky said he began to make the exchange, and he he said, well, how do I do this? And he just said, I want you to pray and tell me how you're feeling, and then I want you to declare how I'm feeling about you and in the condition of my heart over your life each time. 
make an exchange. And so Ricky said he would be going through his day, he would feel the pain of missing his wife, and he would then hear the invitation from God, make the exchange. And so he would say, you know, something like, God, I'm, I'm hurting so badly right now, I miss my wife, but, and this is so, uh, such a reminder, you know, of like the Psalms, how David would encourage himself. This is what Ricky would do. He would say, um, Lord, I'm hurting so badly, but I know that you're with me. I know that you're working on my heart. I know that my wife is alive in heaven. I know, God, that that's where I'll be one day. I'll be united with you, most importantly. I'll be with you forever. But, Father, I thank you that right now you see me, you know me, you love me, and you've never left me. You know, maybe he'd pray something like that, maybe shorter, maybe a little longer, sometimes 10 seconds, sometimes a minute. But he said he would constantly do this throughout the day. He said every time that pain came up, he would make the exchange. And one day he realized, I'm healed. Doesn't mean that he didn't miss his wife anymore, but that grief. And you know, if you've been through anything like that, that gripping, chilling grief that just seems to be like a dark cloud, a heavy blanket that doesn't want to come off of you, the Lord begins to lift it. And it's incredible. And I, that helped me very much because that was shortly after I had lost my best friend in 2015. And I was still carrying the weight of a lot of things in my past. And making the exchange helped me greatly become the man that I am today. And I still use it. It is this same concept as taking thoughts captive and making them obedient to Christ. And uh, I'm so thankful for Ricky. And I know that he's alive in heaven right now. And I pray that even that testimony will bless you. But the reason that I wanted to share that is because of this. It's this thing that I talked about in the first two episodes. You don't need a human to complete you. There's nothing wrong with wanting companionship, wanting relationship, but God sees the heart. He doesn't want us to use people. God wants us to be so complete in him that we have something to give people instead of something to need. You've heard me say that a thousand times. This is the heart of it. God is not just content with us you know, commiserating with other people who are, you know, and we're licking each other's wounds, but we're doing it in Jesus' name. No, he wants people who are complete and filled with, by, and in him that can pour into each other instead of sucking the life out of someone else to try to make it by, if I can just say it plainly. So it's important we understand this. You don't need another person to complete you. Now, here's what uh, Paul said, I'm going to read a handful of passages here so that we can just all be on the same page. We'll break it down, and then that'll be the end of this episode. Uh, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 7, 8-9, through 9, But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So Paul plainly says here, look, it's best if you just stay unmarried. And he's going to get into that in this next passage. So uh, before we break that down, let me read these next two passages so they can all tie together. Verse 25 through 28. Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment from the Lord. Yet I give judgment as one whom the Lord and his mercy has made trustworthy. So Paul is saying, look, this isn't written in stone by God. This is this is uh, a judgment. This is wise counsel from someone who the Lord trusts. And, and has placed in a position of trust 
in the body. Okay. So here is, here is strong. It's, it's almost like, Hey, this isn't the law, but this is what I would do. And I think Paul is a good person to look up to. He says, I suppose therefore that this is good because of the present distress, that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be loosed. Are you loosed from a wife? Do not seek a wife. But even if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh, but I would spare you. Okay, one more passage and we'll break those down. 32 through 35, same uh, chapter in 1 Corinthians 1 and 7. But I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. I say this for your own profit, not that I might put a leash on you, but for what is proper, that you may serve the Lord without distraction. What is the theme here? Paul is saying this, guys, to be completely devoted to God, I believe it is best to not be married because you have no things of the world to truly care about. You can just focus on God. If you get married, it's not a sin, but the, the natural result of that is that you are going to have distractions. You are going to be worried about things of the world. You are going to be concerned with how to please your spouse and not solely God. Now, that doesn't make you better or worse if you're married or if you're not married. You know, the unmarried man who's burning for the Lord is not better than the one who is married. Because a godly couple can do uh, different, I don't want to say more, but a godly couple can do things uh, differently than someone who is single can, and likewise, single people can reach a different area than married. However, Paul makes it clear, and this is just natural, if you get married, now you've got a family to think about. Um, Paul then, you know, before he's talking to um, those who are, he's saying, whatever state you're in, if you're married, don't try to be unmarried. If you aren't married, don't try to get married. Just be happy with where you're at. If you end up getting married, um, it's not a sin, but verse 28, he says, you will have trouble in the flesh. And, and that, again, that is, there's just more, you're opening yourself up to more things to have to uh, concern yourself with than just walking with the Lord. I remember um, when I was, uh, after I got born again, before I met my wife, when I was in that season where I was, you know, quote unquote, I call it dating the Lord. And I, I did that to make it more real to me because if I saw myself as in a relationship with the Lord, um, you know, I would not be able to be in any other relationship. And so I, I just saw myself as unavailable. And, um, and I remember when I saw my wife for the first time, uh, when I came across her page, I just remember being like, try, I've said this before, but I tried to kill it from the start. And that's because I was worried about messing up what I had with God. And that was a really cool place to be in because I realized for the first time, man, I have something special with the Lord. Before it was always like, 
you know, before I was born again, it was always like, you know, I'd meet someone and I'd be like, oh, are you a Christian? You know, I would hope they're a Christian. And, you know, they'd be like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, you know, isn't everybody? And that would be good enough for me. It didn't matter how involved they were, if they went to church, if they were burning for the Lord, what they actually believed. If they told me they're a Christian, we're like, cool, all right, we can we can date. We can see each other. But But fast forward, now I actually have this real relationship with God. And I meet this wonderful woman, and I'm worried that she is going to interfere with what I have with the Lord. And that was a special place. And Paul is kind of getting to the heart of that. He's saying, look, it's not a sin for you to get married, but you're going to have some distractions. You're going to have some natural desires, some troubles in the flesh that you could be spared from if you just stayed single. The choice is yours. I'm giving you wise counsel. This isn't a law from the Lord, so don't take it my word as a command. I'm just giving you some wise counsel. Uh, Paul is saying, look, I think that you probably shouldn't be married because you're not going to be able to just focus on the Lord. But hey, if you get married, it's not a bad thing. You hear the wisdom in that? Like he's so not condemning, but he's being straight up. Like he's not going to sell you something uh, that's that's not legit. He is giving it to you straight. Um, This is important because there's people that are like, I don't know if I should be married. I don't know. I was thinking of this phrase earlier when I was thinking about this episode. Forgive me for being a little, uh, you know, blunt, but I've heard this phrase before. Um, if you have relationships are like farts. If you have to force it, it's probably crap. And uh, how many of you know, you know, if you have to fart, you force that thing and it's crap. You're you're in a bad situation. You don't want to crap your pants. Well, how many of you have been in a relationship that you were trying to make happen and it was just, it was crap and you knew it, but you're trying to make it work? I think there's some wisdom in what Paul is saying here. He's like, look, don't try to make something happen in this area. Now, he, he hits this in the first passage I read, seven, uh, chapter 7, 8 through 9, when he says, you know, if you can't exercise self-control, then get married. It's better to marry than burn with passion. So he's saying this, like, look, if you're, if you're dating someone or whatever, and you're, you guys are just, your flesh is raging and you guys are, you want to be together and all this stuff. He's like, just get married. Just, just become one. Don't fight that. It's better to marry than to burn with passion. I mean, that is plainly in the Bible. But then he goes on to say, but, you know, this is obviously for those who aren't burning with passion, but that maybe have this this deep desire of like, what do I do? He's saying, don't try to get yourself in or out of a situation. And I think I talked about this earlier. You have to be content in this place where you're like, God, here's my heart desire. Here's my requests. Here's my dreams and things. You know, some girls, even guys maybe, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you've dreamt of your wedding since you were young. You've dreamt of your spouse walking down the aisle or or walking to your spouse down the aisle, whatever. You can give those things to the Lord and say, but Lord, I trust you overall. I'm not going to try to make something happen. I think going out and trying to find a husband, trying to find a wife, getting out there on dating apps and trying to do all these things, I don't know if that is wise. I think that we're trying to make it happen. And here's the scary part. I heard this before and, uh, I think this is very wise, and you know I've heard it jokingly, but 
you know, they say you have to be careful who you spend a lot of time with on a mission trip because, uh, you know, and they're really talking about singles because when you're on a mission trip or when you're doing something, you know, relative to that, you are in such a swirl. Stephanie Gretzinger was actually talking about this too on a recent podcast with my friend Will Hart. Um, you have to be careful because there's such a swirl. There's such a, a God thing happening when you're on these mission trips. And it's like all of your senses and emotions and, and everything is just heightened. And it is so easy when you're having these incredible godly encounters to, you know, mistake that for, uh, let me put it this way. You don't have the sobriety that you would have back home, right? Like, like there might be something that someone that you like kind of like or something like that, but then you could go on a mission trip and because all of these amazing miracles and God encounters and love and everything is just happening like the love of God, like the pure love of God, you could be in this like heightened state of like just everything is amazing, right? And all of a sudden you're not looking at that person through the same lens as you were back home. It doesn't mean that they got more awesome or anything, or that they're even your type now. It just means you're looking at them through the lens of what you're experiencing. And when you get back home, you might, you know, quote unquote, sober up, uh, f- you know, come down from the mission trip high or the conference high. You guys know what I'm talking about. You you go to a conference and it's just incredible. Worship's amazing. The speakers are amazing. You're encountering God. Miracles are happening. Like it's fire. And then a week comes, you know, a week goes by and you kind of come down off of that. And that's not a bad thing but it's just a reality. I mean, we don't live in a conference-like setting 24-7. We, we couldn't do that anyways. But same with the mission trip. You come back, you kind of mellow out again, you know, you, you're back to reality, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, okay? So you can try to make things happen. You can, you can let your guard down, and all of a sudden you get yourself in these relationships maybe that you shouldn't even be in. But because it's a person from church or because it's from this, you might think that it's the Lord. And I'm here to tell you and just give you some advice that I hope really helps. And the advice is this. Don't try to make it happen. Don't try to force it because it will probably be crap. And if you try to force it, what are you actually saying? When you try to take the reins of something, it's it's almost like what uh, I believe it's Paul again later in the in his epistles. He says, "Why are you trying to finish in the flesh what you started in the spirit?" I want to ask you: Do you trust God to introduce you to your spouse if you are even supposed to be married? Because I'll tell you: Before I met my wife, I told the Lord this. I said, "God, you know." that I desire a family, I desire a wife, I desire to have kids, all of that. I said, but I truly want what you want for me more. If if I desire a wife, but you truly desire me to be single because you have something for me, then I want what you want. I don't want what I want and miss out on what you had for me. So God, is as hard as it may feel to my flesh to surrender that I'm living by the spirit and my spirit truly says, I want whatever God wants for me, even if it's not what my flesh wants, even if it's something I didn't want my whole life, which was to be single. I said, God, I'm giving that to you. Can I ask you, have you 
maintained that position with the Lord? Have you ever said that to him? Are you able to say that to him? Because today I want to invite you to do that. You can't you can't follow God but have these these exceptions, right? Or these kind of uh stipulations. Yeah, I'm all in for God, but look, I I I really want to be married. No, 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 no. We got to remember who we're following, who we're serving here. This is the God who created everything, who sent his son to die for us. The God who spoke everything into existence, like God, he is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Who am I to put a stipulation on him? I can't even, but who am I to think that I even could? He deserves my utmost adoration, respect, obedience, surrender. God deserves me to say, Lord, this is what I want but I want what you want more. I want what you want more. And I believe that's the sign of a maturing believer is someone who can say that. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but do you trust the Lord? Because listen, let me, let me put it this way as we close here. If you truly trust God, then do you think that he knows best? Let me ask you. I want you to answer out loud wherever you're at. Does God know best for your life? Now listen, I'm serious. I'm not insulting your intelligence. I'm not, I'm trying to engage your brain in something. I want you to answer this again. And just really listen to what I'm saying. Do you truly believe that God knows best for your life and that he knows better than you? Okay, I'm hoping that you said yes out loud. Okay, then follow me here. If God knows best for your life, then if you're supposed to be married, will he not introduce you to that person at some point? I'm going to say it again because I there's there I think there's people that they just they've got ideas in their head and they can't surrender. Please listen to me. We've already established that God knows better than you and me. I'm included in this. So, if God knows best, if he wants you to be married, will you not meet your spouse? Of course you will. If God wants you to be married and you're truly following God, then you will end up married. If God doesn't want you to be married because there's some reason, then you can rest assured that you're not going to get married if you follow God. Now, I'm not saying if you go out and do it or you don't, was this God's will, was this not? Hey, we live by faith. So whatever we're doing, we're believing. That is why it's so amazing that God is our ultimate authority. You don't have to go to get permission from a mentor or someone. If you have to get permission to do something, that is controlling. A good mentor, a good leader should give you advice. Um, if you've given them access to speak into your life, then they might you know, heavily uh, go one way or the other, but no one has control over you. So your mentors might be like, hey, I don't, I don't think this is the Lord, but you, you can clearly do whatever you want. And that's because you have free will. But listen, as Christians, it is so important because the Bible says that anything not done in faith is a sin. You don't want to violate your own conscience. Like, that would be this. If you're in a relationship and you just know, I, mean, I should not marry this person, and then you do it anyways. <laughs> like, you're sinning. You're violating your own conscience. But 
if you're in a relationship and all systems are a go and it's just green lights and you think that it's good and you're, you've prayed about it, you've sought wise counsel and people are, you know, for the most part, they're on board and you just, you don't feel any check. There's no biblical red flags. There's no glaringly obvious anything. And you just feel like God is for you in this. Then get married in faith. Do you hear what I'm saying? But you know when you're out there and you're trying to make something happen. I don't know who this is for, but someone is a little bit hard-headed. And I'm here in love to reach you. That's why I'm still going at minute 32. Someone out here is determined. You are trying to evangelize the person that you want to marry. You're, You're called to be equally yoked. You're not called to evangelize your spouse. You are called to be equally yoked. Now, there's a whole other section of the Bible talking about an unbelieving woman or man who's already married. I'm talking about you're dating or you might even be engaged. Hey, that ain't married. Dating ain't married. Engaged ain't married. That's not a covenant. You can call that thing off. If you know you're not supposed to be with them, don't be with them. Just because you've always wanted to be married and now you're you're engaged, but man, I probably shouldn't marry this person, but I'm this old and I might not ever get married again. Get rid of that line of thinking. That is not the Lord. Do you think the Lord's up there like, well, you know, this person might not be great for you, but if you break up with them, then I don't know if you're ever going to get married again. That is not God. Look, do the right thing, do the hard thing, and call it off if you're supposed to call it off. I know we hit this a little bit when my wife was on, but I'm just feeling this again. Someone is engaged, and you know this person is not a spiritual leader. Break it off. Break it off and just trust the Lord. I'm telling you, would you rather be single and following God and just living in His will, or would you rather yoke yourself to someone who is not following God and all of the fruit that that life will bring? All of the turmoil you're going to go through, and God forbid you bring kids into that situation when it was totally avoidable. Should you be married? Should you be single? I don't know. Ask the Lord. Follow Him. Whatever you feel like He's saying, just go for it. If you're not married, don't try to make it happen. If you are married, don't try to get out of your marriage. Seek God with your spouse. If you're unmarried, don't try to get married. Like making it happen on your own. Just say this. And I said this, God, because there was a day when... uh when I was single and I was just so distracted, I was just, I was, that's why I went into this like dating season of the Lord because I was single, but I was still kind of like talking to people and still, I wasn't doing anything bad, but I was just distracted. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, you are useless to me single. I feel like I almost heard him chuckle. He said, you're useless to me single. You're so distracted. And I was like, no, I don't want to be that. I said, Lord, okay, okay. I'm going to date you. No one else has permission to come in. No one else. I'm I'm unavailable. Because at that point, I had called myself single, which means I called myself available, which meant that I could entertain, you know, if someone wants to talk to me or someone wants to get to know me, what if three people want to get to know me? You know, now I'm talking to three people. And it was just a stupid situation. And the Lord was like, Shane, you're useless to me in this position. Stop. Just stop. And I said, okay, I'm unavailable. I'm with the Lord only. And and it's it's so funny how when you get a clear mind, when, when he sobers you up and he 
really speaks to you in a place where no one else even knows or sees. All you want to do is follow him. And so the point of that was it led me to this place of saying, okay, Lord, you're telling me I'm useless to you single. It's going to be me and you until you just show me my wife. I'm not going to try to find her. I'm not going to try to whatever. I'm not going to entertain. Like if someone is trying to talk to me, I am going to try to end it. And if they keep persisting, then I'm going to pray about it because I need you to make it abundantly clear to me when I meet my wife. And he did. And he'll do the same for you. So I want to encourage you as we close here. Don't try to make it happen. If you're single, go into a place of being unavailable with the Lord. And that's not like you can't ever talk to any guy again or you can't ever talk to any girl again. I'm saying just say, Lord, you have my heart. And when you're ready for me to meet my spouse, I know that you'll make it abundantly clear. I'm telling you guys, it relieves you of like looking it relieves you of wondering, oh, is that them? Is that them? Is that them? Is that them? Just, you know the Lord is good. He's a good father. So when your spouse comes along, you're not going to miss it. Like, he's not going to let you miss that. He's going to tell you. Amen? Hey, listen, I really hope this helped. If it spoke to you, you got to do me a favor. Because Spotify, you know, it's not like Instagram or Facebook. Apple, it's not like any of those apps. It doesn't promote itself. I need your help. Please uh, send this episode to your friends and family, to your girlfriends, to your guy friends, that it can really help them in the in whatever season they're in. Post it to your social media. Tag me. I'll totally repost it. Um, I want this to reach as many people as possible. And again, if you want to partner with our ministry and help us out, you can go to shanewinnings.com. Give the new website a look over. There's some errors in there. We're still under construction, but I wanted to get it launched for y'all. And you can see my new book. You can pre-order it there. The cover is being released for the first time. So go check it out. Let me know what you guys think. And we'll see you on Monday.